Now you stretch your ass out there and you say, let's go. I am doing all I can do, and I'm doing more than any son of a bitch walking on two feet can do now. And if you don't like that, you can kiss my fucking ass. So shut your damn mouth and listen to the music and be glad you got what you got. Hello and welcome to yet another riveting edition of Soberless Thoughts. Yeah. As you can tell, Alex sounds tremendous tonight. Yeah, I do. I'm back, baby. Almost. I can't hit the high notes. Yeah. I think I really did some vocal cord damage, (laughs) coughing, because (laughs) I was like singing a song the other day and there was a high note that I can always hit. Yeah. I can't hit it. I can't even get it like noise to come out of my mouth. Oh wow! Like my, it, I'm still a little gro- like. Maybe you can hit the lower registers now, though, better. Oh, I've yeah, I've, <laughs> I'm focusing on that. There you go. Yeah, I'm, it's all good. Yeah, my my Johnny Cash uh, cosplay is still in effect. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah, hell yeah. Or you know, for birthday parties and bar mitzvahs. Uh, you look just like the guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we are drinking. Jack and Coke. Why are we drinking Jack and Coke? Because it was one of Jerry Lee Lewis's favorite drinks. One of his drinks of choice, so to speak. Yeah. He would drink so much and he would get so high and get so fucked up that sometimes he said he would need to drink an entire pint of uh is it a pint something what what are what are liquor bottles usually come in pint fists half gallons i think it was a pint he drank small one he drank an entire pint of tequila to sober up <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> yeah so we're gonna we're gonna and then he would drink jack and coke to get drunk so so that's what we're doing tonight. So the Jack and Coke was his upper, yeah, and the tequila was the downer. Yeah, was the bringing back down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis tonight. But uh, so we're drinking Jack and Coke tonight, and Alex was about to tell me a story about why he was about to quit drinking altogether, and I said, "Hold on, let me turn on the microphones." <laughs> yeah. And uh, so now you can tell me that story, Alex. Yeah. So uh, so what happened was um, there was a insane gi bug going around uh gastrointestinal intestinal um and i saturday night i have been 
sick for like a month and a half, two months. I haven't really drank at all, except for the podcast, which was barely. And <clears throat> I think I had a bourbon and tea, like a hot toddy, one night, four month, like four weeks ago. And I think I had a third of beer at one point, but it just made me nauseous, and I just threw it out, right? Yeah. So I really haven't drank anything in the past yeah. two months. You had a sip of some frog juice. Had to, yeah. Which, that was a great thing to come back to. Um, which I took took those to work and put them in a refrigerator and go, hey, if anybody wants these, play the game, and yeah. they are still in there Oh, yeah. uh, since we've done those episodes. Um, bring them back here. I'll drink them. <laughs> the one I had was delicious. Was it? Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, I so I finally get the reins off. I'm like, all right, I'm not on any medicines. I feel good. This is the first night I've actually felt like I've had energy. Like, I'm back. I'm back, baby. Like, let the good times roll. Yeah. Uh, so, at first, I wasn't going to drink anything. I was like, you know, it's kind of nice. But then, like, I was having trouble with the kiddo, trying to get him down to sleep. And, uh, like, I basically look up at the clock. It's like 2.33 in the morning. And I'm like, well, i not getting anything done now because I'm going to go to bed in a couple hours. Because um, old Alex works night shift right now. So... I go, all right, screw it. I'm going to have a shot of whiskey. So I go in there, have some Elijah Craig, and I actually put it in a shot glass and sipped it out of the shot glass and start making dinner. And then as I'm making dinner, I also make tea, and I make a apple hibiscus mm. tea, which is like super fall tea, and it was gonna, it went perfectly with the bourbon. Yeah. Put a little bit of honey in it, just a little squeeze of lemon, and it was like perfect, right? I was like, cool. I eat, I drink, I'm feeling good. And I'm like, cool. A couple hours, like an hour pass. I'm like, man, I hate, le- I hate, I, this is weird for me. I know. I don't like leaving the night on liquor. I Like, if I drink liquor, I'm going to finish it with at least a beer. Yeah. I don't, for some reason, don't like ending the night with liquor. Okay. So I always have to, like, at least have one beer. So I go, all right. I go in there, I grab a beer, drink it. And I'm like, what kind of beer was it? Um, I think it was like a Rhine Guys Truth. Um, and I didn't really want it. I didn't want something that hoppy that yeah. late at night because I was afraid right. it was going to give me heartburn. But it tasted so good, I had another. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As you do, right? And uh, but I really wanted something savory, um, like a stout or something like that. Um, but then I was like, you know, then. Like I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed here soon. They're like, you know what? I'll have one more. And then go in there. And I, I remember debating it going, I probably shouldn't. I'm going to feel like shit in the morning. I go, all right, whatever. So I drink that one. And um, I'm like, all right. I'm definitely like feeling it. I'm like, I've, I've done my deed. I'm going to go to bed now. I go to bed. I wake up. I go to bed at like five in the morning. And I wake up at seven with like, stomach acid like running up my chest where it's like it feels like a volcano like like just full in my stomach and just like exploding out of it and I'm like oh my god so I get up and I grab a Tums and I eat it and I'm like it just it doesn't even do anything but then I've noticed like it's not just the stomach acid I feel like I've got like a rock in my stomach and I feel like kind of nauseous yeah and I'm like, oh my god, what? And so then I'm sitting there going, and I'm still kind of feeling 
the booze. <laughs> and so I'm like, I just get up, I go to the bathroom, and I'm like, oh man, I'm not feeling great. Then I just yak, just throw up all over the, to- like, just fill that toilet up. I'm like, all right, well, I'll feel better. The feeling in my stomach's gone cool. Go to sleep, wake up again. <clears throat> A couple hours later, like nine. I'm like, dude, what is up? Like, I don't have heartburn, but I just got like this pain or this like, just like upset stomach feeling. And I'm like, man, I'm feeling nauseous again. Like, what is up with this? And then I go in the bathroom, fucking throw up again. And then I proceeded to throw up probably every 30, 45 minutes. Um, At and, some point, there's nothing left to throw up. Oh, there wasn't. I was started eating stuff so it would make the throw-ups more enjoyable. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, it was that bad where I was literally... And every time I drank anything my stomach immediately like seized up it was like mm mm motherfucker what are you doing and then it would and then it would sit there in my stomach like rotting away and it, i know i'm talking about like a cracker and some water and my stomach is like twisted up and i and i try to hold it in and like but it's the longer i hold it in the more uncomfortable i get so it's just like an hour straight of me laying in bed flip-flopping because i can't get comfortable without that feeling and then i finally get up and then i just yak and i go oh i feel better now and then i can go lay down then i go sleep and i wake up and i start feeling a little bit and i eat a little bit and i'm like oh here it goes again the best throw up of the day though was when my mother-in-law gave me Pepto-Bismol she was like this could help <laughs> and then it did help a little bit and then I ate a bunch of food that I shouldn't have like chicken noodle soup uh, and it like somehow compacted it all and it wasn't like like I don't know I don't like the last I don't know if you last time you've been sick like this but like I ralphed so much that it was nothing where I was just spitting up like stomach acid yeah that's the painfulest throw ups because your stomach is like forcing something and it's like there's nothing left it's like right. trying to get the last little bit of the capri sun out of the pouch that you know you can't fucking get and you're doing it like you're squeezing it and fucking every which way trying to get that fucking thing out of there and yeah. that's what was in my belly yeah so to put something in it felt so much better to yak it up um so yeah so finally after till like I think it was like maybe so I threw up from like 7 till about 2 and then I stopped and then all of a sudden someone turned my ass on and it was nothing but straight fucking power washing the bowl and not like a little bit like just a little plus no it was done and then 45 (laughs) minutes later Yep. Walk back in there. Boosh. Like it was so much where I go, I didn't know I had that much liquid still in my body. Yeah. And it got me actually kind of worried. Like I need to drink more because I'm going to go to the hospital for dehydration. Oh, yeah. So the entire time this is happening, I'm going, is it because I drank so much last night? Is my pancreas failing? And I have pancreatitis <laughs> or my liver's giving out right now. Is that what this is? Well, and like, it was like seriously where I was kind of I was like, I, I'm never going to drink again. Like I've, cause that was the last thing I did. Yeah. Now I also have to preference this. I also drank like two glasses of whole milk that night too, mm. which is not the best concoction. Like yeah. I told my wife everything I ingested the night before and she goes, 
Like, why do you do that to yourself? Because, like, I don't normally drink whole milk, but we had it, and it sounded good with what I was eating, which was pot roast that I covered in hot sauce. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was my dinner. And then, like, then two hours later, had the uh, the shot, the other uh, bourbon. A couple hours later, beer, 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 right? Right. Uh, so it was like in my head, I'm like, am I lactose intolerant now? <laughs> like, and then I'm like, hey, is it because I'm drinking? Is my liver giving out? Is all these years of just drinking on the podcast finally caught up to me? <laughs> but, I mean, in all honesty, it's most likely the uh, the GI book because my kid had something where he threw up for like two or three days straight, and two of those days I caught it on in my hands or on my chest oh lovely and so i pretty much bathed in it. he like we went to a restaurant and he threw up at the restaurant like was just sitting there in his high chair and he just went Bleh, and i just stuck my hand out and caught it and then just kind of like wiped it up and then cleaned him and us like everything like the floor everything up and i should have went and washed my hands but i just took some hand sanitizer and just kind of did like a once over and then I ate everything I was going to eat with a fork because I was just trying to get the like get the hell out of there. Yeah. So I'm thinking, my dumbass got yeah. it. You gave it to yourself, right? Yeah. But now in my head, yeah. I've like you know when you, you know when you drink too much, you're like I'm never drinking Goldschlager again. Right. I did that to myself. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is like I gotta be honest. I'm a little hesitant. I was. Every sip of this, I'm like, please, dear God, don't. <laughs> don't. Well, if it me... makes you feel any better, I know at least three of my friends that all had GI bugs like in the last week. Okay. So. It, it, probably similar, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Okay. Same, same kind of symptoms, same kind of reports of death. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I've, and God. I. What I told my one friend, and I'll tell you now, it's probably because you're vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> touche. Touche. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's funny. <clears throat> oh, man. I've seen so much stuff online. I know. We're going to get to Jerry Lee Lewis, I promise. I've seen so much stuff online about... Um, all the apologies, like, uh, like politicians and all the people, or like, all the like, you can't sue Pfizer and all that now. Um, or they're trying to make it where you can't sue Pfizer for any repercussions after that, or, yeah. um, you know, or they've done like public apologies to people that have like lost their jobs because they didn't get the vaccine and all that. Right. Yeah. I just, it's funny you brought that up. I was like, man, I feel like I've been seeing that a lot lately. Well, yeah, dude, it's all over the news now. Right. Well, it's all over alternative news now, too. Oh, it's everywhere. It never never stopped that. Right. uh, So, Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Now, I've been wanting to do an episode on Jerry Lee Lewis. I started talking to Alex about doing an episode on Jerry Lee Lewis, like, fucking a year ago at least yeah like it was gonna be like a drunkards in history or something yeah. or maybe just one for him right and uh and it, we just never got around to it and then it ended up we have like holiday episodes and then how to survive episodes and then one thing leads to another 
and I felt like now he passed away on us. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. I was going to have an amazing episode about Jerry Lee Lewis. And then as a surprise, I was going to zoom him into the episode. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I would shit myself if you had somehow pulled that off. What? (laughs) Holy fuck. (laughs) I got to be honest, too. The first time you said Jerry Lee Lewis, I was thinking of Jerry Lewis. Oh, there's a difference. Oh, I know. Because, uh, like, that Jerry Lewis would be more up my alley of, like, the uh, stand ups and shit like that. Like, I fucking Jerry Lee Lewis is the shit. Or Jerry Lewis, well, they're both the shit. But, uh, yeah. When you first said it, that's who I was thinking of. I was like, ah, oh, he's a big Jerry Lewis guy. Okay. And then you're like, no, no, Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm like, ah. Yeah. Oh. So the whole reason why Jerry Lee Lewis goes by jerry lee lewis is because of jerry lewis for real yeah that's funny so because when he started uh doing his music thing in the 50s jerry lewis was already around he was already making albums as jerry lewis and he's like well i can't just come out as jerry lewis the other jerry lewis right he's like so i'm gonna just use my full name jerry lee lewis and that was that was why he has the Lee in there. Hmm. Interesting. Now you know. Now we know. Now you know. Now I feel like I'm gonna have to do one on Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you should. <laughs> I don't even know if he's a drinker. Um uh, well, I'll tell you what, Jerry Lee Lewis was most definitely a drinker. Right. And, yeah. Uh, he he definitely fits our hallmark of uh historical figures and he definitely liked to partake in the drug abuse as well nice (laughs) (laughs) he's what people call the original wild man of rock and roll for real for real okay his nickname is the killer did you know that i did not you didn't know that no yes so jerry lee lewis also known as the killer uh self-proclaimed evil son of a bitch (laughs) 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 and also uh what they call the king of disgrace land nice and what he calls the true king of rock and roll (laughs) if you would ask jerry lee lewis who the true king of rock and roll was he would say me motherfucker I like this guy more and more. Dude, he was straight up 100% badass. Yeah. Oh, I'm Jerry, Jerry Lee. Billy and Sandy. Tickling things and ivories, praise the Lord of the sky. I'm Jeff Lee, Jerry Lee, pianos, pistols, tragedy, Pentecostal fury and a shot of speed, singing great balls of fire. 
Well, if you don't know, then I'll learn you something They don't call me the killer for nothing Dangerous, a methamphetamine buzzing Crazy enough to marry my first cousin Touched by the devil, paranoid hellraiser Fuck Chuck Berry, I'm the real trailblazer People always staring like they're scared of me For the record, they ought to be I'm Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee Hillbilly insanity Tickling things and ivories Praise the Lord, Elvis died I'm Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee Pianos, pistols, hit screams Pentecost, a fury and a shot of speed Sang great balls of fire There's blood on the carpet, blood on the lamp Blood on the bed sheets, blood on my hands This sort of thing might have happened before That bad girl ain't bad no more I know I'm needy, sometimes jealous I'm larger than life, baby, I can't help it She knew what would happen if she tried to leave Nobody walks out on me I'm Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee Hillbilly insanity Tickling teens and ivories Praise the Lord, Elvis Jerry Lee, pianos, pistols, rest in peace Pentecostal Gurry and a shot of speed Sang great balls of fire Oh, seven wives, seven dead sins Four and five die, coincidence This old old county, no evidence Cause and effect of messing with Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee Inconclusive autopsy Who, what, where, why, it's a mystery But it's all, all Jerry Lee, yeah, the boy around here take care of me Wouldn't dare try to pin it on me And my great balls of fire I sang great balls of fire Still singing great balls of fire So, we'll go into the life of Jerry Lee Lewis just a little bit And then I just want to kind of tell cool stories about him That sounds perfect So, he was born in 1935 The same year Elvis was born that's so funny. I was just, I, I gotta be honest. I would just, I, I've got Jerry Lee Lewis on my computer. Cause I was just kind of like seeing a picture and I see it like, you may have also researched. I'm like, huh, I wonder what year he was born compared to Elvis. And I clicked on Elvis to look that up. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So same year, same year. So Elvis was born in January of 1935 and Jerry Lee Lewis was born in September. So nine months later. Nice. Conspiracy is that maybe they have the same father. No. <laughs> I was going to say, or they're Irish twins. Like <laughs> We can make that conspiracy here on Sarah's no. Since they were born nine months later. Yeah. Is it, what is, is Irish twins when it's like when they're born less than 12 months apart? That's funny. You know what? <laughs> I had never heard the term Irish twins until like the other day, Mandy and I were watching some TV show, some like regular random reality show. And this guy asked this girl if her and her sister were twins. And she said, no, but we're Irish twins. And I looked at Mandy and was like, what the fuck does Irish twins mean? (laughs) And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, and then we just kind of dropped it after that. Right. But I'd never heard that term before. Right. And then you just randomly, like a night later, say, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, dude, man. How that shit happens. I've, I got a buddy who's, uh, I'm pretty sure 
Him and his sister are Irish twins. Like, they're 11 months apart. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis Presley are Irish twins. <laughs> Irish twins. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, famously, Elvis was... They had kind of had parallel lives, honestly. Like, Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis. Are they like the good and bad spy? They are 100% like the angelic one is Elvis and the demonic one is Jerry Lee Lewis. Right. It's the yin and yang of fucking the beginnings of rock and roll, dude. Right. It's crazy. So Elvis is gifted a guitar, right? When he's a child. He said he... he didn't fucking want a guitar he wanted like toys or something right but they gave him a guitar same exact shit with jerry lee lewis only a piano mm. his dad buys him this stork i think it's called a stork piano when he's like just a kid and he had this piano till the day he died the same piano. Wow. And he had, he had played it so long and so hard that the keyboard of the piano, the ivory was completely gone. Really? And he just jammed it out to the to the pian to the wood screws. <laughs> wow. And there was uh Henry Rollins has a podcast where he talks about he how he went and interviewed Jerry Lee Lewis back in Back in back in the day, like in the early two thousands, I think, like back when MTV was big, right? Yeah. And he was talking about how he goes to his ranch, and he sees this guitar or this uh, piano that's basically just in pieces, leaned up against the side of the wall, like inside the house. And he starts looking at it, and he looks at the keyboard section of the piano, and like I said, the ivory's like just twiddled down to nothing and then there's like like this dark like black stain over like the wood screws that are where the ivory of the piano keys should be right yeah and he said he's looking at it and he's thinking that's fucking dried blood like he played this down to nothing and then was just beating on it with his fingers till they bled like that's insanity right so then later on in the interview he brings up that piano and he's like by the way is that the piano that you first started learning how to play on and he said yeah that's it and he's like god he's like so is that those stains on the wood screws is that blood and he's like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's blood (laughs) god damn (laughs) that should I don't know if since he's passed now, I don't know like what has happened with his estate and all that, but right. that belongs in a museum somewhere. Yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame kind of thing? For sure. Yeah. The Smithsonian next to the Giants. Something. <laughs> Something. You want people to see it. You don't want to put them next to the Giants. True. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, oh, and he's like, he asked him why I was broken to pieces leaning up against the wall like that. And he tells this. He tells Henry Rollins this story about how he's like, "Hey man, uh, several times the IRS came in and just cleared my house out, and a couple of times they weren't so nice to my shit." Damn. 
fuck the IRS. <laughs> right? Like, that's fucked up. That is fucked up. Yeah. I was thinking, like, uh, drugs. Like, they come in looking for drugs, and they ripped his piano apart. The IRS. Any tax collectors. Right. God damn it. So, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh... I'm I'm just going to follow this timeline with Elvis because it's kind of cool, like their parallels. Yeah, that's awesome. So Elvis like goes into Sun Records and starts basically hitting it big with Sun Records and having these these uh, first rock albums out, right? And Jerry Lee Lewis is listening to this and hearing it, and he keeps hearing all these things about this this producer guy i can't remember his name now at sun records and elvis and then elvis leaves sun records to get to go to like a one of the big boy record labels Mm. and jerry lee lewis is like this is my shot like they're going to be looking for their next guy right yeah so he goes walking into uh sun records and it's like hey I'm the next guy, basically. And they're like, like, who are you? Like, we don't like play something for us. And uh, so he played this music or no, he, the receptionist, the producer guy wasn't there. So the receptionist is like, hold on. The first time Elvis goes to Sun Records, same situation. Producer guy's not there. The receptionist lady's there. She's like, well, who do you sound like? And Elvis is like, I don't sound like nobody. And she's like, well, play a song for me. And so he plays a song and she's like, yeah, you got it. I'll let him know and we'll be in contact, right? So a couple years later, however long it was, Jerry Lee Lewis goes walking in there. Producer ain't there. Receptionist is like, hey, wh- you know, what can I do for you? He's like, look. Elvis is gone. You need a rock and roll guy. I'm your guy. And she's like, like, we're not, we're not really looking for another rock and roll guy. Like Elvis kind of, he, I know he went to another, uh, record label, but he's kind of got that. He's got that field all wrapped up. Right. You know what I mean? So we're not look, we're looking for another style basically right now. Um, something a little different. And Jerry Lee Lewis, like this put like an eternal chip on his shoulder from that day on towards Elvis Presley. Yeah. And he's like, and he told, tells the receptionist lady, he's like, you think Elvis is good? You haven't fucking heard me yet. Watch out. And he like sits down and starts playing this song on the piano. And she's like, yeah, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll let him know. Yeah. And uh and really like so have you ever heard of the million dollar quartet? Yes. So that's it's uh Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, and uh and uh Johnny Cash. Yeah. And they uh and in the picture you see like you see Carl Perkins and Johnny Cash and Jerry Lewis standing there and Elvis is sitting behind the piano in front of them. So like one of the cool stories about that is like that was one of the first like month or so that Jerry Lewis was there. 
Like he was hadn't even made a record yet. He was completely unknown to any anybody. Yeah. They just knew he was a badass on the piano. The people at Sun Records did. Yeah. Elvis and no and the other guys didn't know yet. Like they had just walked in when that picture was taken there basically the producer guy was like, Y'all go in a recording studio. Um just kind of fool around with each other for a little bit and we'll start we'll get started in a little bit and then he called like he had a reporter and a photographer come in and basically it was for Carl Perkins Elvis and Johnny Cash like right. Jerry Lewis was just kind of like a wasn't even really just a background guy essentially yeah basically so so anyways Elvis is sitting at the piano playing a couple songs and the whole time Jerry Lee Lewis is standing behind him going like shaking his head like like this guy can't play no goddamn piano. Yeah, this guy fucking sucks. Right. <laughs> so, so Elvis, but he was, but he, but he still, like, looked up to Elvis, kind of right. Right, right. He had a respect for the guy. Right. So he didn't say anything. He just patiently waited. And as soon as Elvis stood up to get a drink, he jumped right into the seat. Okay. Right. And Elvis like looks back at him like, "Oh, you're going to play." And Jerry Lee Lewis is like, yeah, better new buddy. And just starts, I mean, banging the key, banging it, right? Right. And uh, after like 30 seconds or something like that, Elvis was like just watching him. And he's like, you should have been sitting there the whole fucking time, dude. Like, <laughs> like why? <laughs> like, why have you been letting me play? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you should have told me to get up a long time ago. Right. So, uh. So yeah, that was like the first time they played together. It was like it was right then. Wow. Yeah. Which led to a, a lifelong history of friendship and rivalry between the two, really. <laughs> Sounds like it. Um Now before we go more into uh Helm and Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis had seven wives damn two of which died one of which he may be murdered oh shit bro <laughs> maybe maybe yeah we'll get into it <laughs> we'll get into it all right his uh first wife was a lady named dorothy of course what year was this 40s 50s dorothy yeah. this was they got married in 1952 <laughs> and divorced in 1953 <laughs> <laughs> then he married a lady named jane also in 1953 and you'll see uh you'll see a pattern here wait <laughs> he doesn't like to he doesn't have gaps he doesn't like to have gaps he'll usually find his next wife before he even begins to get divorced from his first wife. Right. So, right? Yeah. So, like, and it'll be weeks, sometimes even weeks before his divorce when he gets married to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> which which was the case with the second wife and the first wife. It sounds like you're like 53 and then he got married in 53. I'm like, yes. damn. Yep. So, uh, he was married to Jane from 53 to 57. Nice. And then in 57, he got divorced from Jane and got married to his second cousin, Myra, who was only 13 years old. Damn. 
Also in 1957, yes. And something him and Elvis, I guess, got in common. So this almost completely ruined his entire career. You don't say. Okay. And so here's what happened. All right. He flies into England. They're on the tarmac. And a reporter comes up to him. And he's there with this 13-year-old girl. Right. And they're like, oh, hey, Jerry, who's this? And, or, well, so there's conflicting reports. Either they asked him and he told them, or they asked her and she told them. More often than not, you hear the story that she said it. Right. So basically they come up, they're talking to him, then they see this little girl. Right. And they're like, hi, honey, who are you? And she says, I'm Myra. I'm his wife. Yeah. And he's like, and they look at her like, or look at him like, she's a little, little young, Jerry. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, oh, she's 15. It's cool. And they're like, oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, still not cool, Jerry. <laughs> still not cool. And then they do, you know, just the slightest amount of research. Right. And they found out, no, she's actually 13. Damn. And uh, she's also his second cousin. So, uh, yeah. But in his defense, if there is a defense for that. Right. That was normal where he grew up in Mississippi. Yeah. Like, I mean, you his, his mom was like that. Like, all his neighbors growing up were like that. They all, that was just how it was then. Yeah. There. And that, in, in his neck of the woods. Right. I mean, they... People did get married, especially women, got married very young uh, back in the day. But, ah, damn, what's up with all these fucking R. Kelly's? Uh, yeah. <sighs> Dude, I can't even imagine. No. I can't even imagine. Like, because he was in his 20s. I think he was like 24, 22 or 24 at the time. Yeah. And uh, let's see, he was born in... 35 and this was in 57 so yeah so he was 22 how wait how old was he when he got married the first time then uh when he got married the first time he was 16 and his wife was 17 yeah and he lied and told people that she was 15 I'm laughing because of how ridiculous that fucking is. Uh, yeah, I mean, just sounds better, man. <laughs> I couldn't even fucking imagine. He wanted to be the older one. Oh, my God. There's got to be an idiot out there that has said that to the cops. Like, no, no, officer. She's not eight or no, no, she's not 17, sir. She's like fucking 15. Like, wait, what? <laughs> you couldn't lie and go up one? Yeah, right. Yeah, oh my God. God damn it. All right. So he's married to Myra from 1957 to 1970. Damn. So they're married. They were married a while. Yeah. They're married 13 years, 23 years, 13 years, 13 years. Half her life. <laughs> They were married as many years as she was alive when they got married. Right. Basically. Damn. 
13 years. So, uh, he gets divorced from her in 1970 and then marries a girl named Jaron Elizabeth Gunn Pate in 1971. And then they're married from 1971 to 1982. And they're, they have like a very volatile, rocky relationship. Like... She called the police on him multiple times for domestic abuse, yeah. like all kinds of crazy shit. Like there was a story about how, uh, like they got into a fight one time and he like grabbed her hands and like was like beating her in the face with her own fists and like looking at their kid like, look at your mom. She's fucking crazy. Look, she's beating herself up in the face with her own hands. I was about to make that joke. It was like, yeah. quit in yourself. Quit yeah. in yourself. Yeah, exactly. But in a horrific fashion. But that's what he was doing. Right. Yeah. Like fucked her up. That That's fucked up. That's yeah. fucked up on that like, to <laughs> like on that level. Holy right. shit. So they were like. In the process of getting, there were three months from finalizing their divorce, and she's found dead in a swimming pool mm. at a at a friend's house, and he was not in the same town as her. So they do not suspect anything of foul play. Okay. So Jerry Lee Lewis gets married. Then to uh, basically like a cocktail waitress at this nightclub that he goes to, yeah, named uh, Sean Stevens in 1983, and the Sean Stevens chick is like in her 20s. He's like old now. It's I mean old, yeah, and like her friends are all like. Why the fuck? Like, what the fuck are right. you doing with this old man, basically? Right. And, like, she told her... This was a story that was told at, like, from her bachelorette party. Like, all her uh, bridesmaids were all like, like, why are you marrying this old, crazy old man? And she's like, because he's got a huge dick and a ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I give her props for honesty. <laughs> right. And at least she's 20. Yeah. Like, I got to give her that. Like, it's not a relative and not fucking underage, so. Yeah, she's in her 20s. Yeah. Right. So, uh, they're married like seven months, something like that. And she's found dead in the spare bedroom at their house. Of an apparent meth overdose. Damn. What year was this? This was in 1983. Damn. Meth getting up on the spot. So her friends and family all say that, okay, maybe she would smoke a joint now and then. And maybe she would like some whiskey now and then. But she's never done any kind of hard drugs like that in her life. That they knew of. That they knew of. I mean, she'd married a... An old rocker with tons of money and a huge dick. There's no telling. And God knows what he's doing. Right. right. I didn't think about that. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so they find, and he was in another room, another bedroom, in the house, 
when they found so i think um, if i remember the story right because i heard this story on another podcast god fucking probably a year ago when i first started, started this yeah so if i remember the story right basically a maid or somebody that is part of his staff in the house comes in and finds her in that room and she's laying on the bed the bed's made but she's like laying on top of the made bed yeah and there she has like dried blood on her mm. and they call the police and the police come in and this whole time jerry lee lewis is in the other bedroom just chilling in the other bedroom with the door locked and several times they've went to go like knock on his door to get him to come out or whatever and he'll just yell through the door like i ain't coming out like other shit like that just whatever right yeah so super fucking guilty right Uh (laughs) so uh finally what like and then the cops show up and then they're like look open the fucking door and he's like all right so he opens the door and he's got blood on his pajamas. He's in pajamas and slippers. He's got blood on his pajamas and his slippers. Was never explained why. Here's the thing. Jerry Lee Lewis lived in this ranch in the middle of fucking nowhere in Mississippi. Yeah. And basically owned the entire town. Mm. He donated money to every business that was there. Right. To He owned all the politicians. He owned all the police. He owned the town. 100%. So there was zero investigation, basically. They pulled her in. Did an autopsy, said, oh, it was a meth overdose. Case closed, buried, done. End of story. Yeah. Marry the next one. So he did. <laughs> so in So he did. <laughs> so in nineteen eighty-four, he marries Carrie McCarver. Yeah. Carrie McCarver and him are married for a long fucking time. They're married till 2005. Well, yeah, she ain't playing. She like, ain't playing. Because, well, you got to think, too, like, if you just, w- the last two died, yeah. and you're the next runner-up, like, you're like, all right, whatever you need, sir. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, let's get this done. Right. And then uh, they finally got divorced, and then she had, he had, like, a, his his daughter basically He's getting really old now, and his daughter like hired this caretaker to come like take change his diapers and all that kind of shit. Well, they fell in love. The caretaker, as they do, yes. <laughs> Taking that diaper off every day. Which, like, Look at the hog on this fucking right. dude. <laughs> Who was uh, her name's Judith and uh, Judith Brown. A funny thing about Judith Brown is her ex-husband. Uh, is now married to his third wife, Myra. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Judith and this dude got married. Then they got divorced after being married for years. And then he met Myra. And they got married. And they're still married to this day. And then she ended up getting with Jerry Lee Lewis and yeah. marrying him. Just by coincidence. 
That's wild. It's crazy shit. <laughs> and I, I don't remember if it was Judith or Carrie. I think it was Carrie McCarver who he married after the dead girl in a be- bedroom. But uh, I think she was like, he met her originally when she was 10 at like a, at like a, um, one of those toy for tots type of yeah things where he, they were like giving away shit and she was like one of the little kids there and she said she remembered telling her her friends like looking at him like like i'm gonna marry him one day and then years later she saw him at a bar and was like of course at this point she's in her 30s and he's right. in his 60s or whatever oh thank god that's i thought that was gonna go way weirder and and she's like oh by the way and like, that's why they were married for so long because she was like she this she, this was her thing yeah she pulled the wrestler move you remember the wrestler with uh um now, what's that dude has uh, all the fucking cosmetic surgery? Oh, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Mickey Rourke. Yeah. I'd never forget that. It was like <clears throat> he's at some bar. Some girl was like, oh, my God, my brother uh, was the was so obsessed with you back in the day. And I I just absolutely thought you were the hottest thing on that poster and da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, and he's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you know, in her fucking twenties or thirties now. Right. That was the episode where he wakes up with like fireman boots on in somebody's <laughs> bed or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I bet that that fucking shit happens. Right. But that's wild. Yeah. But yeah. So uh so yeah, so he's with Judith until uh until he finally passed away. Um so that yeah, was that's the caretaker, right? The caretaker, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was his seven wives. So did she become a like? Do you think she was like an obsessed stalker? No, she was hired by the daughter. And yeah, but then, do you think she m- manipulated her way to get? I think she might have been. And this is just my opinion. Right, a gold digger. Yeah, that too. She comes in, sees the money because after she and home got married, then like she basically. And this is my opinion. Basically, <laughs> like, influenced him away from the daughter who mm. was managing him at the time. Ah. And then they later sued the daughter for, like, money because they said that she was taking too much money from him and all this other stuff. And so a real, a real homewrecker. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to ruin that man's... <laughs> The whole family, really. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think he did that himself, but yeah, yeah I'm maybe. gonna help. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Interesting uh, slew of wives. Yes. Uh, yes. Different time back then. <laughs> For some of those, where you're like, ah, damn. But this has all like this is. I'm surprised there's not a fucking. Uh, fucking documentary about this shit. I mean, so well, it shouldn't be. So yeah. here's this thing. All right. So in the process of all this going on, like I said, he goes to England with the cousin who, the second cousin who's, and then he gets basically fucked out, like 
they cancel him. They cancel culture him. Yeah. Like, bam. Like, yeah, you done. can't do that. Right. So he tries, I think it's, he only does like three shows and like half the people show up to the shows and the people that do show up just boo the fuck out of him the whole time he's there. Right. And he just like ends up canceling the whole rest of the tour and is like really kind of in the dumps for a while. Like, like I don't know. And just focuses on his relationship with her and like they have babies and shit and like <laughs> and he just focuses on that and then it isn't until like the 1960s he's he basically tries to rebrand himself and he goes into country music side note you know there's a little bit of irony there that everyone canceled him and all they did was send him closer to the person they don't want him to fuck around and if they had not and gave him more, he would have been away from her. Be like, don't get near fucking her and just like go play uh, fucking in England or somewhere, India, somewhere the fuck away from the States uh, or wherever the fuck he's from. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it was just a little bit of like, wow, they literally pushed him back into the one person that didn't want him to fuck around. Right. They could have they could have hooked him up with German twins. Right. Like, yeah, let's find your next wife real quick. Hey, let's like, fuck, dude. No. Um, it's like the same thing. I remember I, I used to do a stand-up bit about there was a like a football coach or something that got in trouble because he was like doing a live cast and like he forgot to turn the camera off and he was like snorting cocaine or something. And uh, Holy shit. You don't remember that? It no. was like years ago. And, um, and I remember... They fi- it was like for the fucking dolphins or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was somebody that did that. And uh, it was like a defensive line coach or something. And they fired him. And I remember going, you know what? Like, you know what doesn't help? Uh, so, like, if you actually cared or gave a shit about that person, you would help them by, like, getting them treatment. You know what doesn't help a drug addict is giving them nothing but free time to do more fucking drugs by firing them. Like, you literally just go, all right, you're fired because you're doing drugs because we care. And you're like, all right. And he's like, cool. I'm just going to do it all the time now. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're the reason I didn't do it all the time. But right. anyway. But now now it's a constant thing. Yeah. Not saying that fucking this Jerry Lee Lewis, well, that would have been the fucking <laughs> way to solve that problem. But it was just one of those weird irony things. I'm like, wow. It was like, they did the right thing by canceling while they did it was fucking sh- like yeah yeah back all right anyway so he he's down at the dumps he comes back rebrands himself as country yeah so he rebrands himself as country and uh to like the day he died he uh, would always say like they're like well you know jerry uh we know that you're rock and roll you know but you you know how do you feel about your country albums that you put out and he's like i hate country music (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) always he always would say i hate country music i hate it country i hate country i hated it then i hate it when i was playing it i hate it now i hate country music (laughs) (laughs) wow but it was the only way he could think of to get back you know right and he and he did. He ended up having multiple number one hits and top ten hits, 
and uh, and now uh, this year they waited till after he died. I think <laughs> they inducted him into the Country Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> Probably because he said no. Probably. <laughs> no, no. He's that was one of his things that he always wanted to like as like a <laughs> as like a joke. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I just want like the last thing that I want. Like the last, my uh, final thing on my list is getting inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> They're like, but you hate country music. He's like, I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually one of the very first people inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No shit. The first year that they did it, that they inducted people, he was one of the ones inducted the very first year. All right. Because he is a inventor of rock and roll, right? <laughs> I was gonna say uh, a troubadour. A uh, I was gonna say he was one of the contributing factors right. of what it is today. For for real, a hundred percent. Right. So, <laughs> um, there's this, there's this. Hold on, I want to find this quote real quick. He has a ton of crazy ass quotes. All right. I'm just going to go through some of the, some Jerry Lee Lewis quotes and then I'll go into some crazy stories. All right, so here's one quote. This is Jerry Lee Lewis exact quote. Ready? I am right. I'm always right. One time I thought I was wrong. I found out later, you know, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This guy's like wow, the level of it's like all these Instagram, he's like every Instagram bro origin story. <laughs> I thought I was right. I'm always right. Right. Thought I was wrong. I was right. They're just doing. You. They're just doing shitty impressions of Jerry Lewis. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, he said, "If the Lord made anything better than a woman, well, he kept it to himself." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. He said, uh, my mama always said, you and Elvis are pretty good, but y'all ain't no Chuck Berry. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I was actually going to bring him up. I was like, you know, supposedly he was the inventor of rock and roll. Uh, Chuck Berry. So I got a story I'll get into here in a little bit about him and Chuck Berry. Hell yes. Um, Let's see. (laughs) He's one of his quotes was, uh, uh, no, uh, no, I don't have this one written down. But if I remember right, it was like it's like the only people who are doing rock and roll right are Elvis, Chuck Berry, uh, I think he said Carl Perkins, and myself. But I'm at the top of that list. <laughs> <laughs> he always was like. He always said that he was the best. Right. Like I'm the Oh, that was one of the other ones was uh was uh Elvis might be the king of rock and roll, but I'm the best at rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> he said other people, they practice and they practice, but these fingers of mine, they got brains in them. You don't tell them what to do. They just do it. It's a god-given talent. Damn. Yeah. What are you looking up? I was actually just, I was listening, but I was looking at these pictures of uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. 
because I was like I was having trouble trying to picture them because I've seen old pictures of them. I was looking at some of these young pictures, and then it was it was one of these. It was a picture of him and the, his young wife eating at a dinner table, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> it was like one of the I guess a photographer or something like that. Yeah. And then there's another picture of like the caretaker one, and then there's another of a different wife. So here's the other one. Here's the one I was looking for. Uh, when they look back on me, I want them to remember me not for all my wives, although I've had a few, and certainly not for my many mansions and high living money that I made and spent, but I want them to remember me simply for my music, Yeah, which I think is a good thing. <laughs> Don't remember me uh, killing people and shit. Yeah, I was like, don't remember all the horrific shit I did. Right. Remember the good stuff. Remember right. the good times. Remember the good times. Yeah. yeah Jerry Lewis was a interesting looking guy in his youth, I gotta say. Of the pictures I've seen of him. Like, it's kind of hard you're telling me this shit and the face doesn't match necessarily what you're telling. Like, I'm like, I can't picture this like I don't know. Like it, the younger shit of him is like he like this clean cut looking dude. But then I see like there's concert pictures too of him just like yeah, like yeah, doing wild shit. Well, they said that like the performer he would like his whole his whole body would almost morph. Like he'd be like just kind of standing there kind of slunched over like just hand in his pocket just bullshitting with you when it was just him right right and then when he'd get on stage all of a sudden his back would straighten up his head would tilt back a little bit and you'd just see it in his eyes like his eyes would just light up and then all of a sudden it was like bam like mama said that's the devil yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, all right, so let's get into some of these crazy stories. <laughs> let's hear them. All right, let's, we'll do the one about Chuck Berry, okay? So he's going to play this concert with Chuck Berry. He shows up, and the guy who is putting on a concert and his manager let him know, hey, just so you know, Chuck Berry is going to be the headliner. You're opening for Chuck. And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Of course he is. Of course he is. Like, I'm like, nobody, nobody headlines over me. I'm Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, we're going to have Chuck Berry headline. Right. We're going to open for him. So he gets out there. Before he gets on stage, he's got a Coke bottle, which is. He probably emptied when he filled it with his Jack and Coke. Right. He fills it back up with gasoline. This Coke bottle. Okay. Goes out on stage. Starts doing his set. Ends the set with Great Balls of Fire. Just before he starts playing Great Balls of Fire, he takes that Coke bottle, which has been sitting on top of the piano this whole time, and just starts dousing the piano with this gasoline out of this coke bottle and then takes a fucking match and lights the piano on fire on stage holy shit then he proceeds to play the entire song of great balls of fire 
as his piano literally burns to the ground in front of him. Then after... (laughs) That's the most rock star shit I've ever fucking heard. So as he's walking off a stage, he walks past Chuck Berry and he looks him in the eye and he says, follow that motherfucker. (laughs) Damn. Yep. <laughs> what Chuck Berry do? What? <laughs> he didn't follow that. He fucking left. Really? Yeah. That was it. Fuck. Yeah. This dude's fucking wild. Yeah. Um <laughs> Damn. Heads up. Heads up. Here's another one. And a and another one. Why you all in my ear talking a whole bunch of shit that I ain't trying to hear? Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Geek, geek, whoop, whoop. I ain't playing around. Make one false move, I take it down. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. So, so, so come on, come on, don't. Get swung on, swung on, it's the knick-knack, paddy-whack, steel riding Cadillacs, family off the street, made my homies put the baggies back, still stacking plaques, still action-packed, and dope, I keep it flipping like acrobats, that's why I pack a Mac, that'll crack a back, cause on my waist there's more heat than the shack attack, but I ain't speaking about bowling, bowling, just thinking about brawling, till y'all start falling, we all in together now, birds of a feather now, just bought a plane, so we changing the weather now, so Put your brakes on, caps, put your capes on Or knock off your block, get dropped and have your face flown Cause I'll prove it, scratch off the music Like, hey, little stupid, don't make me lose it Why you all in my ear, talking a whole bunch of shit that I ain't trying to hear Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that Playing around, make one false move, I take it down. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. I came, I came, I saw, I saw, I hit him right dead in the jaw. In the jaw, I came, I came, I saw, I saw, I hit him right dead in the jaw. In the jaw, I came, I came, I saw, I saw, I hit him right dead in the jaw. In the jaw, I came, I came, I saw, I saw, I hit him right. In the jaw. See, I caught him with a right hook, caught him with a jab, caught him with an uppercut, kicked him in his ass, sent him on his way, cause I ain't for that talk. And no trips to the county, I ain't for that walk. We split like two pins at the end of a lane. We'll knock out your spotlight and put an end to your veins. Put a DTP pendant at the end of your chain and put the booty of a switch at the end of a plane. Yeah, yeah. Why you all in my ear talking a whole bunch of shit that I ain't trying to hear? Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that Geek, geek, whoop, whoop. I ain't playing around Make one false move, I take it down Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that Hey, you won't fuck with me I'ma tell you one time, don't fuck with me Get down Cause I ain't got nothing to lose And I'm having a bad day, no I don't 
wanna do that I wanna have a good time and enjoy my jack Sit back and watch the women get drunk as hell So I can wake up in the morning with a story to tell I know it's been a little while since I've been out the house But now I'm here, you wanna stand around running your mouth I can't hear nothing you saying or spitting, so what's up? Don't you see we in the club, man? Shut the fuck up yeah, yeah. Why you all in my ear talking a whole bunch of shit that I ain't trying to hear? Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that yeah, yeah. I ain't playing around, make one false move, I take it down Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that ah, We in the red light district ah, We in the red light district We in the red light district ah, We in the red light district It's funny, like I, like I said, the pictures I just I just put in Jerry Lee Lewis and hit image, and all the shit that came up. The dude, like it's so like he does not look like a dude that would do this shit. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, like you, like I picture some Alice Allison Cooper or some fucking rocker. No, dude, Alice Cooper, Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. all those guys, like put together, didn't do the shit that he did. Right, and that's that's crazy. This was before. Anyone had done shit like that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like no, uh, no fucking Jimi Hendrix lighting his guitar on fire on stage. Fucking no biting heads off bats or any of that crazy right. shit. Like no one had done any. He fucking lit his fucking piano on fire and played the damn thing and played it until it was, was <laughs> yeah. ashes. And just as a big fuck you because he wasn't the fucking closer. That's right. <laughs> the fucking huevos on this guy. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, he was the pioneer of fucking punk rock, dude. Like, just rock and roll. Yeah. He's he's it. So, another great story about, about him is, uh, so one day, he wants to go visit Elvis, right? So, they're buddies, right? Yeah. So, he pulls up to Graceland in the morning, Helm and his wife, and this Rolls Royce. Pull up to the gate. The guards are like, hey, uh, Elvis is still sleeping. Like, you you come back later or something. He's like, all right, all right, cool. Politely leaves, right? Proceeds to get fucked up in town. Goes to try and, uh, (laughs) he like leaves his wife at the bar and is like speeding down the street in the middle of the city in Memphis, Tennessee. And goes to take like a 90 degree turn in his Rolls Royce and flips it. And it rolls into a side of a building. (laughs) Completely totals his car. He gets arrested for drunk driving, disorderly conduct, uh, all this shit, right? Right. Gets out on bail, $250 bail. Okay. At the time. Right. Right. He gets out, proceeds to go to the car dealership buys a Lincoln Continental. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, one of the re- things he got arrested for was he didn't have a driver's license either. So, goes, goes to the dealership, 
buys this Lincoln Continental, drives back to Graceland, pulls up to the gate, and, uh, or no, no, so he buys the Lincoln Continental, he goes to the bar, to this nightclub, and he stays at this nightclub till basically they close, and Jerry Lee Lewis's story is while he's at the nightclub, the owner of the nightclub was so excited to have him there at the nightclub that he wanted to give him a gift, and the only thing he had was this thirty-eight that he kept in his that he always kept on him, right? Right. So the nightclub owner gives Jerry Lee Lewis this thirty-eight. So when when he pulls up to Graceland after being at this nightclub all night, fucking annihilate it right right he's got this 38 sitting up on the fucking dash of the car right so he pulls up to the gate and the guard like looks in the car sees this fucking 38 sitting there on the dash and then looks in the and sees who's driving it's jerry lee lewis obliterate it right and he's like dude like what like what what do you want he's like i need to talk to elvis he's like okay Hold on. So he calls up Elvis on the intercom or whatever, and Elvis is like, "Tell him I'm busy. Like I'm not, I'm not coming out there. He's fucking wasted. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to him right now." And he's like, "Turn him off, fire!" Right? Yeah. He's like, "Look, all right." And uh, <laughs> so the story is that Elvis tells the guard. Tell him if he doesn't leave, I'm gonna have to come out there and kick his ass. And then he goes and makes popcorn and sits back and starts watching his CCTV eating the popcorn to see what Jerry Lee Lewis is gonna do because he knows he's gonna freak the fuck out. Right. <laughs> so just imagine this. Right. So. He's sitting there eating popcorn, watching the security camera footage. The guard comes to him. He's like, okay, (laughs) Mr. Lewis, (laughs) because he has to say it. Elvis told him to say it. Right. Lewis, uh, Mr. Lewis, Elvis says, uh, if you don't leave, he's going to have to come out here and kick your ass. (laughs) Well, apparently he goes berserk inside of his continental right he's got an empty bo- an empty champagne bottle in his passenger seat he grabs it and goes to throw it at the guard but his window's still up <laughs> right so smashes it into the window so the window breaks the champagne bottle breaks cuts his face all up right he eventually had to go to the hospital because his face was all fucking sliced up from this class yeah right so that really pissed him off so then he throws the car in the drive and proceeds to start ramming into the gate at graceland with this brand new lincoln continental that he just bought right (laughs) it's slam reverse slam reverse slam like multiple times right then he finally gets out pulls the gun out and he's like waving it around in the air like get off us out here get off us out here and uh the guards the whole time they're on intercom with elvis who is inside just hysterically laughing oh i'm sure i'm sure this is like 
this is rich people trolling right. is what this is yeah so he's like look tell him we're calling the police like it is what it is at this point like right. he's fucking my gate up he's got a gun now like i'm not trying to get somebody killed right like call the police so the police show up they put him in handcuffs and this is how much fucking tout uh or clout that uh elvis had was the police asked elvis what do you want us to do with him and elvis said he's fucking wasted lock him up so they arrested him and they threw him in a drunk tank along with destruction of property like all this other shit like right. driving without a license again like <laughs> all this shit right yeah and uh, he and Jerry Lee Lewis in multiple interviews said that that was the most heartbreaking thing that Elvis ever did was tell the cops to go ahead and lock him up that he, he thought that they were good friends that they are good buddies and that he just the, the the fact that he said lock him up that that just hurt him to his core damn and that was the last time that they ever saw each other before elvis died for damn yeah so so i was so hoping that was gonna end with him and fucking elvis getting in a fucking fist fight in the front lawn of graceland i was <laughs> karate <laughs> oh dude yeah fucking jumpsuit onesie fucking karate chopping drunk jerry lewis and he's just fucking fucking swinging like a madman like god when elvis was performing in vegas uh he invited jerry Lee lewis to come out and watch him at one of his gigs right right at the hotel in vegas so jerry lee comes out watches him was like man and actually while and they had a ton of respect for each other honestly right and while he was there in the stands elvis was like oh by the way everybody here sitting sitting here in the audience is jerry lee lewis and the spotlight went on him and he stood up and had like a whole like standing ovation and all this shit right <laughs> then the following year jerry lee lewis gets a gig playing in the same hotel in Vegas but instead of playing in the main ballroom uh, Jerry Lee Lewis is playing in the lounge and and this was like another one of those rivalry things where like uh, basically like the reporter would be like you know you say that you're the best at rock and roll but you got you and Elvis are playing in the same hotel on the same night uh, but Elvis is in the main room with 3,000 people and you're playing in the lounge and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis would be like yeah but the lounge has you know like 2,500 people in it it's a big lounge man <laughs> it's a big lounge yeah <laughs> so, and then like there was this other story where Helm and Elvis got into an argument about basically he was yelling at Elvis for like always he went in to have a drink with Elvis in the like in their in his like dressing room and uh the guy who was Elvis's manager that Colonel Tom Hanks whatever his name is uh came in and was like hey you need to get the fuck out of here you're bad news like you're a bad influence on my guy yeah like get the fuck out and Elvis was like all right just go ahead and just 
don't cause a scene just go and go and he's like all right he's like you dumb son of a bitch like you you listen like you just listen to this motherfucker says jump you say how high like all this other shit right and then elvis like yells back at him like if i'm so stupid why am i playing in the main room and you're in a fucking lounge <laughs> damn <laughs> boom he said he said Jerry Lee Lewis is like the lounge is big god damn it <laughs> it sounds like Jerry Lee Lewis had nothing but fucking a chip on his shoulder his whole fucking life dude non-stop man like, I feel like I knew a guy like that in high school he was just like I'm cool right I'm cool guys you're like yeah dude you're cool it's fine okay so one time uh, Jerry Lee Lewis decided that he was going to try and figure out what would happen if he just didn't sleep. <laughs> like, at all. Ever. Yeah. So he intentionally stayed awake for 12 days. Fuck. Did not sleep for 12 straight days. Dude, I've heard you. your brain starts deteriorating after like nine <laughs> Right. He said it was one of the stupidest things he ever did in his life and that he would never do it again and he doesn't recommend ever anyone ever trying to do it. Yeah, dude. He was probably out of his fucking gourd by that point. Like, just seeing shit, fucking the walls are breathing, like the whole fucking nine yards. Oh, yeah, dude. For sure. And that all ha- that happened in uh, 19... When was that? Like 1981 or something. <laughs> like the same year that his wife died. <laughs> Around the same time? <laughs> Maybe. Was that the meth one? I think, no, I think that was the first one. Oh, the, 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 in the pool? Yeah. Yeah, he probably fucking went, like ran to a different state. Um, so in 1976, uh, on his 41st birthday party, uh, he quote unquote accidentally shot his bass player in the chest <laughs> with a three fifty seven magnum. Yeah. Damn. Supposedly Lewis was trying to shoot and hit a Coke bottle and the bullet ricocheted and hit the bassist right in the chest. I mean at least it's a ricochet, I guess. Yeah. Did the bassist survive? Yeah, he was badly injured, injured, but he did manage to recover. But uh, he ended up going to jail for a little bit for that too, because they're like, it was like an illegal discharge of a firearm and like all this other shit. Right. So yeah, there's an accident. Was, yeah. You think think the bassist told on him? He's like, we can't be friends anymore. Oh yeah. Are you gonna no, send me to jail he, for shooting you? No, in he the quit chest? the band. <laughs> 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 he quit the band. Last night, Kyle quit the band. <laughs> well, I'm glad the bassist got out. It's like, fuck this shit. This dude's fucking crazy. Um, oh, so here's another one that I just remembered. Uh, so, <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis, the, his, him and his rivalry with Elvis, like, they would always... Uh, be trying to outdo one another right right so elvis buys this 
Cadillac Eldorado. And then Jerry Lee Lewis went and bought the exact same model Cadillac Eldorado. Yeah. And one day they're both driving down the street in Memphis and Elvis sees Jerry Lee Lewis coming the coming towards him and like swerves into his lane so they're like facing each other and start playing a game of chicken with each other fuck right with their fucking Eldorados right Jerry Lee Lewis says that Elvis pulled away first that's his story Elvis wouldn't talk about it about who pulled away first he would never give a give an answer so <laughs> I would bet money it was Jerry Lee Lewis that did not pull away. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, sorry, as I, I started wording that, I was like, no, no, no. I would bet money that Elvis pulled away first. Oh, for sure, yeah. You didn't even have to tell me that. Yeah. Personality alone, Elvis has got too much shit going on. He's got reasons. Like, Jerry Lee Lewis has spite, and he's like, fuck you. You think I won't? Dude, I think Elvis pulls into that lane to play chicken with him. And Jerry Lee Lewis just smiles ear to ear. Right. And hammers the gas. Right. And with no intention of turning. Right. He's like, this is a great end to the story. (laughs) (laughs) We're going out together. This is exactly how we go out. Holy fuck. So, So Elvis swerves out of the way. They both jump out of their cars. Shut up. And Elvis starts screaming at him like... You fucking stole my song because apparently Elvis had sang, I forget what the name of the song was, but he had sang some song in one of his movies because at this time he was just basically doing movies, right? Oh, yeah. And Elvis goes to Hawaii and shit like that. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Lee Lewis was like, like, what? Like, I didn't even know. I don't watch your fucking movies. Like, I didn't even know you sang that song in a movie. I just, they were, gave me the song and I fucking sang it. Yeah. Like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know you sang that shit. <laughs> you know? As they're arguing over two fucking crushed up fucking Eldorados. Like. Right. <laughs> so, so, so they have this, this, this like, one-upmanship, right? Right. So, later on in life, before Elvis passed, Jerry Lee Lewis, because he's making a crap ton of money, buys a Lear jet. So, he's got his own Lear jet, right? Mm-hmm. And he calls up Elvis one day, and he's like, Elvis, buddy, come come to the, come to the airport. I got to show you something. So, Elvis shows up with the whole Memphis mafia and the whole crew, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, check this out. I got this fucking jet, motherfucker. I got a jet. Yeah. Right? And Elvis is like, that's badass, man. Like, you got, like, that's dibs. I Like, that's awesome. Great. Uh, the next day, Elvis buys a Boeing 707. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought Elvis had a fucking airplane. <laughs> God, the pissing contest it's like, between these fucking like two. twice the size of the fucking Learjet. Yeah. Oh, that's a cute little. What was that a little puddle jumper? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Oh man, this big ass Boeing jet, right, dude? Elvis had the big uh, TCB painted on the fin. Yep, taking care of business. 
Yeah, man. So, and that was the whole reason why Elvis had bought that jet was because Jerry Lee Lewis was trying to brag about his Lear jet. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Like, they're the whole rivalry it's there should be a whole movie just about the two of them fucking bitching and fighting with each other right it would be so entertaining that would be epic as shit i gotta give you that if you just did one on just them two yeah like two famous two two most famous fucking people rich as fuck yeah and they're just boiled down to petty like fuck you motherfucker (laughs) But also have like a shit ton of respect for each other, right? And and consider each other great friends, right? Yeah, that's the <laughs> wild thing. Like I know I talk some shit to my friends, and like, but this <laughs> that's some wild shit. <laughs> yeah. So there goes the El Dorados. There it goes. <laughs> so here's the last story I'm going to tell. This is this one. <laughs> This one was like another one of those like holy fuck stories that I read. So this pl- this takes place uh, in the 1960s music scene, right? Yeah. So it was 1969. He's at this concert, and one of the people at the concert is Janis Joplin. Oh shit. Okay. So. After the concert backstage, uh, Janis Joplin goes back to basically like say hi to Jerry Lee Lewis and a couple of the other people that are back there, right? Right. And uh, so she brings her little sister Laura with her. So they go back there and they're in the green room or wherever in the dressing room talking. And Jerry Lee Lewis looks at Janis Joplin's little sister Laura and is like, you know, you wouldn't look half bad if you weren't trying to look like your sister. (laughs) (laughs) And Janis Joplin got pissed off and punched Jerry Lee Lewis in the face. (laughs) For real? Yeah. So Jerry Lee Lewis punched Janis Joplin back in the face and knocked her to the ground and like busted her face open. Damn. And then was standing over top of her and was like, if you're going to act like a man, you're going to get treated like a man. (laughs) Damn. That's some fucking ironic shit. Uh, Because like, I feel like when you think of feminist music... I'm sorry, that's just fucking ironic. Like, you kind of think Janis Joplin. <laughs> right. And he's just like, yeah, equal rights, equal fights, and just boom. Granted, the fucking comment was probably uncalled for, but obviously, but <laughs> holy fuck. Yeah. You want to act like a man, you get treated like a man. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So that was it. That was Jerry Lee Lewis, man. He's fucking off the hinge, man. He's off the hinge. He was, but he was super honest and super, uh, like, never told a lie. He's one of those. Like, brutally he, honest. Brutally honest. Like, he left everything out there in the open. Like, uh, like, like how I said he was a self described 
evil son of a bitch. Yeah. Like he like he he wore it on his sleeve. Like his whole uh his whole demeanor and lifestyle and all that shit, like he didn't try and hide anything. Like with Elvis, Elvis tried desperately to maintain this good boy, mama's boy type of type of right squeaky clean right fun for the family right and and jerry lee lewis just didn't give a fuck right he's like i am who i am and with no apologies yeah love me hate me i am me yeah i mean the, 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 there's something honorable about that mindset i gotta give like of like of not having to feel like you gotta put on a fake persona yeah so that's yeah and I think that's and I think that's one of the things that sets him apart right from uh, the Ozzy Osbournes the Marilyn Mansons the all those types of Alice Coopers like all those types of people that this is a they have a crafted a carefully crafted stage persona right that they act out the fucking bad boy kind of type of shit, right? Right. Jerry Lee Lewis wasn't acting out shit. <laughs> yeah, this dude just was. He just was. Right. He just was. He was just living his life. Right. And it just happened to be crazier than all of their shit put together. <laughs> dude. <laughs> this, this dude is fucking wild. <laughs> That's why I wanted to talk about Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> I see this now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this is our tribute <laughs> to the legend, the pioneer of rock and roll, the killer, Jerry Lee Lewis. What did he call him? The something son of a bitch? <laughs> the evil son of a bitch? I'm an evil son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I... I gotta be honest, I came into this with no fucking knowledge at all of Jerry Lee Lewis, and I'm just like in fucking awe. Like, there's so much shit I can't wrap my brain around. <laughs> uh, fuck, dude. Fuck. All right. Yeah. Where can they find us on social media? Uh, you can find us on all the social medias. So. You know what those are, right? That's the Facebooks, Serverless Thoughts. That's the Instagram at Serverless Thoughts, uh, Twitter at Think Serverless. Uh, don't forget, you could actually email us directly if you have any other ideas, or if you think we need to cover a topic, or an idea, or a conspiracy, or a mythos, or just anything you want to see us dissect, tear apart, tape it back together, and tell you, hey, this is fucked or not. Um, there's your problem right there. Uh, we will do so. And all you got to do is email us at soberlessthoughts at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, share, and comment on all our podcasts on all podcatchers, meaning like Spotify, Google Play, uh, iTunes, anywhere where you get the podcast. Now, the best way that we can get our podcast out in the world and the way we always like to tell people is word of mouth because obviously if you're listening you're already listening so you're already listening so the only way we can get more people to listen to listen to listen is to tell them so please tell your family friends loved ones go 
tell your grandpa be like hey grandpa did you listen to jerry lee lewis there's this great fucking episode that these two fucking guys just talked about on there they're drinking jack daniels remember when you used to drink jack you should listen to him um and he might go huh i remember those good old days um but yeah so please like share comment on all things serverless thoughts <laughs> dude uh leave a leave a review on whatever whatever you're listening to this on go in uh leave a leave a what's it called rate leave a rating but then leave a review like we want to see more reviews of i don't even care what how many stars you give yeah. shit yeah. on us we don't care Just like, but leave the review and we will i guarantee you we'll read it on the podcast yeah yeah for sure we will we will yeah especially if it's really really angry please don't be <laughs> and if you are angry don't be blase and basic about it. Fucking use some the thorses, the thor, thor, thor. Use some fucking adjectives in there. You gotta get inventive. Like yeah. this, like this makes me think of when my cat shits every morning. Like, cool, you've got my attention. Yeah, <laughs> that's helpful, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's helpful to yeah, us. Be we, creative is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We we always like the the more creative. The more creative fucking digs on us. Yeah, right. Those are, those are amazing. And when we when we read these, when we find ourselves in this just boiling skillet of death, we like to stay cheesy, keep it greasy, and flip on out. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to say it's a pleasure, a great honor to be back at the fabulous, most beautiful, I mean really swinging, Star Club. All right. Yeah. You better open up a honey and get your lover boy me that's knocking. You better listen to me, sugar roll, look at the red, the high school, the rocky. Get your bobbin shoes For the jukebox to blow the fuse Got everybody hopping Everybody bobbing Bobbing up a high school high Diddy, uh, this is one we had out a while back, done pretty good for us. Why don't you break down, honey, and give me just a little bit of that money?
treating me wrong. I'm a level Jerry all night long. All right. Got the diamond ring. She know how to shake that thing. All right. Hey, hey. Oh, oh. All right. I'm gonna take your mama. Go on and take your boy. I got the thing. I'm gonna send you back to Arkansas. Oh, oh.
and gentlemen, you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Everybody loved like a man saying, You broke my wheel, but what a thrill. Yes, please, just leave all the fire. You're like a lover, sure. You're fine. So kind. I won't tell this world that you're mine. mine, mine, mine. I shoot my death. I'm free to my love. I'm free on everybody. Show it fine. Come on, baby. I'm on my grave. Goodness, Rick should break all the bars.
make you do it until you gotta break it. Gonna do it, boogie, and do it sway. I do my little boogie woogie every day now. And do the Bible Do it, boogie Do it, swing I do my little boogie, boogie Every day now Whoa Yeah Well, I'm all on down To Memphis town That's where the first day Born to do Ain't nothing but a howl Take my boogie Keep you in the groove I'm gonna really act Begin to shiver around the movie called the Good Bucket. Good way, do my little boogie woogie, have a day now. Boogie woogie, when your hips start rocking and your knees start knocking. Good Bucket, good way, do my little boogie woogie, have a day. enjoy this one a very good one a beautiful song written and recorded i believe in 1951 or 1952 something like it but anyway one entitled hell cheating Sleep the won't come
cheating heart God is gonna hell on you You ain't nothing but a Ever 
Yeah. 